0: Coming to you live again from out of Atlanta, Georgia, we want to welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast. We want to continue where we left off in series two, episode seven, series two, episode seven. And we're going to continue to chop it up and bring uh, the word of eternal life uh, to light because God is doing something new in the earth. He's speaking in volumes to what he wants people to realize and understand that death is not the ruler of this world. Although we are seeing all types of fatalities and we're seeing all types of uh, 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 shootings and, and, you know what I mean, mass murders, buildings burning, hurricanes, tornadoes, you know what I mean, uh, twisters, or whatever it may be, out in California, snowstorms, out in the east, in Chicago, in Minnesota, in uh, New York, upstate area, all these different entities, is that I truly believe that God is trying to get the people of God attention, you um, know, and we have given death so much of power and so much of attention, where well, it, it, it 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 put God's word on the back burner when you began to speak the eternal Spirit about God. So God said, I I I I got something for them. So if they're asking for what they're begging for, I'm gonna give them what they're begging for because they've been asking. Although they asked amiss, I'm gonna still give it to them because they have embarrassed me. He brought the pandemic in the earth in 2020 to show the people that the church is not where the, where the word of God is located. The church is just a building where people teach the word of God uh, uh, through pastors, preachers, and teachers. But the spirit of God abides in you, and the spirit of God abides in me forever. If we have the knowledge of the glory of God, within us. So God is taking the plague, taking, taking, he took the pandemic to open the eyes of the spiritual church leaders. See, and a lot of people that was lost was elders. And I said in the last episode about Exodus, where he released them from Exodus, the Israelites from out of Egypt in the book of Exodus, and they wanted to go back. So God is doing something Now, I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not praising death when people die. That's a painful thing. I lost my my mother in, in in 1991. I was in Desert Storm and you know I was fighting a war and it was unnecessary basically to say the truth about it, or the truth of the matter. And and, and I got and and and, and a chap would come up in, in, in to me and say, "Hey, man, uh uh, uh your mother has uh deceased." You know, she expired. I, well, it expired, me man. Where I come from, people, he dead or die. I don't know. He, she, she expired. And I, and I said, "What you mean?" He said, "She is deceased. She has gone to be with the Lord." Man, I went to fussing with God and arguing with God, and went to packing my bag, and I had to look up and say, "You know, Father, <laughs> hey, man, forgive me, I'm a little mad right now. Why you ain't take me? You know, you took my mother. She ain't do nothing. All the bad stuff I did." So, but, 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 the, but the thing of it was, she saved my life. I, I, I can say that. God sent her. Her name was Mary. She, she, she sent her to do what she did to save my life. Thank you, Mama. My Mama used to prophesize to me in the spirit of him and the promise. And, 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 and was a prophetess. And I never knew what a prophetess was at that time. She used to always say, son, the Lord got something in store for you. I never knew it was to teach the words of eternal life. So thank you, Mama. Thank you, Father. So without Father, do I just want to say that my brothers and sisters, we 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 gonna have to start embracing what we can't understand. You know what I mean? We got to get out this elementary doctrine of the teaching of the uh, of the teaching of Christ. We got to move on to perfection. And the scripture says is that, that, that those who are teaching need to be taught again. The first principle of the oracles of God. And the first oracles of, of God is when God was speaking to Adam and Eve in the garden, and they sinned, and he began to dress them in, Eph- in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21 and 22. And he made Adam name his wife Eve. So her name was Eve, So, and he dressed the woman, and he dressed the man in tonic, and then put him in a garment. This garment that God dressed them in was the new body and the new spirit of his son Christ in the Holy Spirit as himself. And he says, now they have become like one of us to have the knowledge of good and evil, lest they put their hands out unto the tree and eat again and live forever. The tree of eternal life. If they put their hands out to the tree of eternal life and live again and not die and live forever again. Look what the scripture, that was the first oracle of the principles of God that he taught Adam and Eve, after he dressed them up and put them in the new garment. So my brothers and sisters, I want you to know that God is telling us to put it on. To put on the new creation. Huh? That Christ, through the blood of himself, presented to God in two bodies. As one body, in two bloods, as one blood, so that he can do what? So that he can reconcile us back to God in oneness. He said, "Data they, they are teaching we need to be taught." Uh, Father, thank you for teaching me again, and thank you for allowing me to humble myself to remove, remove myself from the elementary doctrines of the teaching of Christ. Thank you. And after I removed myself from the elementary, elementary doctrines of the teaching of man, that it was teaching about Jesus and Christ, I, I began to be taught by Jesus. Excuse me, I, mean, I began to be taught by Christ because Christ was taught by God. In John chapter 12, verse 48 through 15, he says that, I don't come under my own authority, but I come under the authority that my father has given me. He says, and I know that my father has commanded me to teach. I know that my father has commanded me to speak. I know that my father has commanded me to speak, teach, and and say things pertaining to eternal life. He commanded me to teach eternal life, he said. And whatever my father commanded me to do, that's what I would do. And that's what I would say. That's what I would speak. That's what I would teach. So the teaching from the spiritual Cuts ministry and the promise of our father podcast comes from out of the teaching of Christ. Because we are all taught by God through this teaching of Christ. In John 6.45 says we are taught and learned by God because God taught and learned Christ. In Romans 8.28. So God is teaching right now, my brothers and sisters. And I just want to thank God for blessing us forever. I want to thank God for all the spiritual leaders out there that's doing the work of the ministry, edifying the body of Christ, and that we may all come into the stature of a perfect man through the spirit and teaching of Christ. He gave some apostles, pastors, preachers, and teachers. Well, I'm one of those he gave and chose. He chose me to teach eternal life. Now, I don't know what he chose you to do. So if you're listening to this message, I pray that God is doing something so, such and so awesome and something so extraordinary, extra extraordinary in your life through these messages. And I just want to thank God for blessing our spiritual leaders all over this world, all over this country, and doing the things that God called. It's just a tough message to teach because everybody's walking around saying we all have to die and tomorrow's not promised. And if you go against that, you, 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 you it's confrontation. Why would you confront? or have a confrontation about living forever. That doesn't make any sense to me because we've been taught and learned by man to go against what God is speaking. But we don't want to say that because then we are talking about the person who Peter, our pastor. You know, back in the days, I wish you would have talked about my pastor, said something about my preacher. Huh? Come on. I would have gotten, we would have went at it. That's real talk. Quiet as a cap, man, my brothers and sisters. You know, we don't want to say stuff like that, but that's what they'll defend them. They will defend man over God. You don't know, our pastor said, well, my pastor said that, you know, we all have to die. And tomorrow's not promised. We can't live forever in this flesh here. Well, you ain't in the flesh, you're in the spirit. Huh? You can't even please God in the flesh. Why would you say such a foolish thing as that? Ah, Let me get out of that, man. Come on. But anyway, I want to thank all my spiritual leaders out there. And I thank you for praying for the promise of our Father podcast and the Spiritual Cuts Ministry. Continue to support us. listening to these messages. We're going to continue where we left off in series two, episode six, and um, episode six and seven. And we're going to continue in episode eight today. Amen. So let us get right into it. Let's go to John. I'm going to use John, but I'm going to still use the same, you know what I mean, the the power of Christ, the power of Christ's resurrection is going to be the title, but we're going to still use the title, huh? As the Father Sent Me, I Send You, because it all ties into. Because when we finish, that's what we're going to probably close out with, As the Father Sent Me, I Send You. I got a f- couple of more series that I got to do before I get to the bottom of what we're, where we're supposed to be at. So therefore, I want to talk to you about John 20, verse 19 and 20. By the time I finish talking about John 19, 19, John chapter verse. Verse 19 through 22, you're going to have it like, been to learn something. Come on, especially if you're listening and paying attention and taking notes because I give scriptures. And, and sometimes I get beyond myself, my brothers and sisters, and I, I make no apologies because I get all worked up and pumped up. But I just pray that you learn to follow the way I teach. And you know what I mean? Because, you know, I'm not the best oracle that God is called to be out here, but I'm one of the best teachers that God is called to be. I'm a master teacher when it comes to the word because my master taught me to teach as his master. So I teach under the tutelage of where I come from. Huh? Who is the bishop and the shepherd of my soul. And that's Christ. Amen? Without further ado, let's go get into it. So John 19 says, and I'm going to read this again. John chapter 20, verse 19. Then the same day at the evening, being the first day of the week, When the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, Christ came and stood in the midst, and he said to them, Peace be with you. When Christ had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Christ said to them again, Peace be to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when Christ had said this, he breathed on them. And he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God. I, I, as I said before, I told, I titled this in some of the other series, and all this is a part of it. Everything that has started from the beginning up to this point, my brothers, from episodes out of series one to episode, whatever it was, up, all the way up to the series we're at now, all of it ties into, As the Father sent me, I also send you. But I want you to understand, my brothers and sisters, I'm going to go back and we're going to continue where we left off at in the last episode. In the last episode, I was dealing with 1 Corinthians 15, 33 through 38. So I'm going to read through these scriptures and we're going to move forward from there because I want you to see about the power of the resurrection. The power of Christ's resurrection came through the teaching of 1 Corinthians 15, 33, 38. So in 1 Corinthians 15, 38, it reads, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33 through 38, it reads, my brothers, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. We went over all this before, but I'm just rehashing. Awake to righteousness. And let me say that again awake to eternal life. Because in the way of righteousness, huh, in Proverbs 12, 28, it says that in the way of righteousness uh, is eternal life and there is no death in its path. Path. And then it says in uh, Proverbs 21, 21, it says that uh, if you follow after righteousness, let me say that again. It says in Proverbs 21, 21, if you follow after eternal life, you shall find honor you shall find mercy, and you shall find the glory of God. If you follow after eternal life, if you find it, you shall follow it because it's God's glory. And so I just want you to know, and, and, and it says, awake to righteousness and awake to eternal life and do not sin. You do know it's a sin. And I want you to hear this here because this is powerful. You do know it's a sin to say that we all have to die and tomorrow is not promised. You do know it's a sin that we are not going to be here tomorrow or we're not going to be here forever. You do know it's a sin to say that in the presence of God, when God had promised me and you in first John chapter two, verse 25. And this is the promise that God has promised you. This is the promise that God has, God promised me and you eternal life. You know, that is a sin. In 1 John, where it says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 11, 12, and 13, it says that uh, I have given of my son, and that you may know that you have eternal life through, this, through my son. And if you have not my son, you have not eternal life. You do know that it is a sin to go against that to, say is that, to say that, you know what I mean? We all have to die. God gave his son. So that we won't have to die. It was God's testimony. Huh? The testimony of Jesus. Even the testimony of Jesus. Was the spirit of prophecy. In Revelation. Huh? In Revelation chapter 12. It says. And the testimony of Jesus. Is the spirit of prophecy. Revelation 19 verse 10. And he says, look what he says. It's just the spirit of prophecy. So even Jesus prophesies about living forever when he was a child from the age of one to 30. That's why when you found when he was teaching, when he left his mother, when they say he never sinned before and he left for three days. Because if my child and your child leave us for three days and they're 12 years old and the little joker know they're not supposed to be going anywhere. Where the heck are you, boy? Where the heck are you, girl? And you done left without me even noticing, me and your mama. What the wrong with you, boy? That's a sin. So when they found when Jesus was sinning, since nobody want to say he never sinned, which is a lie, the scripture says he knew no sin after he was born of God. When Christ baptized him, when he was the age of one to 30, he knew sin. Come on. Why? Because he came through a woman. Just like Christ, just like Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit or the Word of God, we was conceived by the Word and the Holy Spirit of God too through our mothers and fathers. Whether we want to believe that or not, so Jesus was of sin. So when he was teaching... This is what he was doing, my brothers and sisters. Even he was teaching the words of eternal life because they was impressed, astonished at his teaching. He was teaching lawyers. He was teaching pastors. He was teaching Pharisees. He was teaching bishops. He was teaching Sadducees. He was teaching apostles. And they was astonished about the word that he had of eternal life. But even he had to come into the knowledge of the glory of God and had to awake to righteousness and do not sin. Even he had not, He could not walk around and say that we all had to die. What if we taught our children? What if we taught our sons and daughters? What if we taught our grandchildren? What if we taught our children children? You'll go out and bomb one of those all oh, come on. You know what I'm talking about, those laptops, those, those tablets. Talking about it's a learning thing. There's nothing wrong with that. What if we took time to teach our kids, our sons, and our daughters, our grandchildren, that they can live forever and not die and give them that sad story where they can look on the news or look around them. Even our elementary schools, be children carrying guns in schools. Why would you want to teach a child They all have to die when they already got people in the school, 13, 12, 11, 10, and 9 years old with guns in school. No, you tell that joker, I won't die and I can't die because I got the spirit of him and the promise of my father. What if we just taught our children to wake up to righteousness, wake up to eternal life, and do not sin by teaching that child that they have have to to die. die? And tomorrow's not promised. What if we just gave God the praise? Huh? It's difficult because many of us have not come into the knowledge of the glory of God that He spread in the earth as the water covers the sea, as we talked about earlier, that we find out in Habakkuk. So now let's continue reading in 1 John, 1 Corinthians 15 35. And the next verse says, wake up to righteousness. But the next verse says, uh, because some will say, see, if you don't wake up to righteousness, the reason people don't wake up to righteousness or the reason people don't wake up into, into eternal life, because some of them will say they don't understand the resurrection of the dead. Some will say, how are the dead raised up? And what body do they come? Hmm? And it says, Oh foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. I say this in the last series, so I got to get out of this. Hill. When Christ taught on the seed, you know what I mean? Unless the seed falls to the ground and die, it cannot produce any fruit. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be. So when you speak from out of Proverbs 18 20, 21 and 22, when you speak from out of that passage, life and death is in the power of the tongue and you speak in death in your life you cannot be speaking the same thing he's saying right here he says what you sow you do not sow that body that shall be so whatever body you speak to and it shall be if you say we all have to die you speak into the body that has already died once because Christ because Christ through the body of Jesus has already died once for all for all of us we have been released from the body of death in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. We've been in bondage all our lifetime through the teaching of our spiritual church leaders, pastors, bishops, and teachers, mothers, and fathers. You know, I told you, my mother taught me. My father taught me. I told you earlier in this uh, intro how my mother prophesized to me. Although she prophesied to me, she still was ignorant of a lot of things because she listened to what her old Baptist preacher, her old Baptist pastor was teaching her. So she was only giving me what was g- was given to her but the prophecy that she spoke in my life, and it changed my life forever because every time I got in a hard situation, I recall what my mother used to prophesy, God got something in store for you, son. So when I got in a tight situation, when I got in a place where everything, I was hard pressed on every side, I can hear the voice of my mother speaking. She says that God has something in store for you, son. She was speaking prophecy. So I had to realize, over the years that God had glory, had something in store. And my mama taught me that when I was growing up. What if we would teach our children to await to eternal life, to await to righteousness and do not sin and do not teach them that tomorrow is not promised. Do not teach them that we all have to die. do not teach them. Oh, what you sow, you do not sow the body that shall be, but teach them on the body that shall be. Hmm? Perhaps mere grain, wheat, or some other grain. So teach him on the body That is going to go through the transfiguration As Jesus As Jesus, as Christ took Jesus in Matthew 16 And Matthew 17 And in Luke 9 I talked about that in the other podcast Where he transfigured Jesus In the altering of his faith And he was in glory with Moses and Elijah Why don't we teach our children And our sons and our daughters about that The body that you sow son And the body that you sow my daughter Shall not be But the body that God made Come through the door that was shut It's the body he's searching for So glory be to God But now in verse 1 Corinthians 15 38 He says but God gives it a body That comes through the door That was shut that pleases him And to each seed Its own body The seed of Christ I know that we are as Isaac is Or the children of the promise But I want you to know the promise of Isaac Was the seed of Christ inside of him so the seed of Isaac if we are as Isaac was is the promise of God we have to have the seed of Christ that was in Isaac my God my God why have you forsaken me but God gives it a body as he pleases Father thank you for body and glory glory to each seed its own body. So now I got an opportunity as the son of God, and now you have an opportunity as a daughter of God, and now you have an opportunity as a son or a daughter of God to speak to the body that pleases God and not speak to the body that our mama taught us about, not speak to the body that our daddy taught us about, not speak to the body that the church is talking about, not speak to the body that the pastors, bishop, and preachers, and teachers, and the spiritual church leaders is teaching about. You can speak to the body that God has given you in the resurrection so you can know the power of Christ's resurrection. You can speak to the Glory that God gives it a body. Now you are the seed because in in Genesis chapter 1, verse 11, he says, After every seed he produces after its kind. So, therefore, and furthermore, we have the opportunity to speak to the seed that God has given us that is produced after its kind when he created us in his image and his likeness as a male and female from out of the the restoral and the celestial of the body of the Holy Spirit. I want you to know the Holy Spirit had flesh before the word became flesh. I want you to know Christ had flesh before he came down as the bread of flesh on the body of Jesus. In Luke 3, 21 and 22, before Christ was baptized before Jesus was baptized. Christ came in flesh. The flesh was the bread that came down from heaven. The bread was the flesh that came down from heaven. And God looked at his flesh, and he looked at his bread that came down and baptized Jesus as the word that was made flesh. And he said, this is my bread that I'm well pleased. Oh, hold on. He said, this is my flesh oh, that I'm well pleased. He said, this is my son. The flesh and blood, the flesh and bread that came down from heaven. The flesh and the living bread that came down from heaven. My beloved son, and that I'm well pleased. Because why? Because God gave Jesus, when he prayed in Luke 3, 21, a body as it pleased God. That proceed forth from out of God. Jesus prayed for to come to his body. So now the body of Christ is in charge of Jesus' body that was made word, that was made flesh from out of Mary. So now at the age of 30, Jesus is no longer in charge, but Christ is in charge as the beloved son of God in the flesh and the body of Jesus. So the journey they about to take when he committed the first miracle was teaching Jesus how he was going to be changed in the tomb with the water and the blood. When he took the first miracle, when he changed the water in the wine, the water and the wine was a picture of the water and the blood when he was in the tomb and that's part of where you need to listen to because that's where we are not at yet but oh I gave you something I shouldn't but I want to give it to you so you can think about what is to come my God but God gives it a body as he pleases to each seed his own body man this is powerful teaching because we are teaching the knowledge of the power of his resurrection found in Philippians 3, 3 verse 10 through 11 10 and 11 When we are done with this teaching, we should be able to obtain and attain the power of Christ being resurrected from the dead. Amen. The power of Christ's resurrection, part two. (laughs) I finally got to it. The power of Christ's resurrection, part two. As the Father sent me, I send you. You remember we talked about that, but all this is a part of, see, because when he said this, this was part of the power of Christ's resurrection. Christ spoke these words to his disciples after he came back from presenting his own blood and the blood of Jesus as the high priest of the house of God after the order of the high priest of Meshire Day. Let's go to the book of John in chapter 20, where we started out at, where it all began. Now that we now, now that we know the body, let me say that again. Now that we know the seed that we sow. Now that we know that the body that we sow is not the body that shall be, but God gives it a body as He pleases, and to each seed its own body. So if I or any one of the Spiritual Cuts ministers, huh, here at the Spiritual Cut Ministry on the podcast, of the promise of our Father speak to you about the flesh. You have to understand that you are no longer in the flesh. Because now you're in the flesh that God has given you. If God is spirit out of John 4, 24 and 25, and he's seeking for someone to worship him in spirit and truth, you can't be in the flesh worshiping God if he's spirit. Because God's spirit and bones, God's spirit and flesh, God's spirit that is bone and flesh is not the same spirit and bones and flesh as you and I perceive to be. God's spirit and God's bones and God's flesh is his spirit and his bones and hold up and is his blood. So God's blood is not watery like ours. (laughs) God's blood is his spirit that is congealed with blood. God's water is his spirit congealed as water. God's body is congealed as his spirit as a body. God's flesh is congealed as the spirit, as the flesh of God that he produced in us through the bodies that came through the doors that were shut now that we know the seed in the body that we sow is not the body. See, because you are no longer in the flesh. You can't please God in the flesh, according to Romans 8, verse 8. In Romans 8, verse 9, says you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Huh? If God gives us a body as he pleases and to each seed his own body... In John chapter 20, let us give a brief summary on how it all began. In John 20, it all started with Mary Magdalene, who, by the way, is the first person to preach the gospel of the kingdom, or better yet, for all those churches out there who oppose uh, 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 all those who are against women, All those churches who are out there against women preaching and teaching and pastoring a church as a leader, Christ anointed Mary as the first woman to preach the gospel of the kingdom of god how we know that because scripture teaches us in romans 10 13 14 see we're gonna always show you something about what we're teaching from out of the scriptures now watch what happened you got to go back to john chapter 20 when mary wanted to cling to christ and she was wanting to hug him she said oh no mary not now it's not a good time. So because in Romans, he says, this is what I need you to do. He says, for whoever, whether it be a male or a female, in Romans chapter 10, verse 13 and 14, he says, for whoever, whether it be a man or a woman or whether it be a male or female who God created and made in his image and in his own image and in his own likeness on the sixth day before he rested on the seventh day. Scripture says in Romans 10, 13, for whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Huh? And how then, verse 14 in Romans chapter 10, he said, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not heard? And how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? In verse Romans chapter 10, verse 15, and how shall she preach unless she is sent? So who are they to tell you? Pastors, preachers, bishop, you need to get from under that ministry if you can call to do what Deborah did. If you've been called in the book of Judges, Deborah and Holder, you got to watch out for these women. You, when, when God called Eve the mother of all living, when God called Mary Magdalene, when God called Mary the mother of Jesus, when God called Elizabeth, hi, when God called Mary, my mother, to prophesize to me, when God spoke to these women, who are you, Joker? But tell her, boy, you know I'm from Louisiana, say her. I ain't say her. Tell her that she can't speak the words of eternal life. And in John 17, John chapter 20, verse 17, we see Mary Magdalene called by God, huh? called by, he was, Christ called her name. He called her by her name. She was sent by Christ to go preach the first message of the kingdom of God to the disciples, huh? Christ has chosen, except Judah, about everything she had heard, that she believed. And what she's seen in the tomb Climb on So these spiritual church leaders Bishop, apostles, prophets Pastors, preachers and teachers Who are not allowing their Who are are out there And say that a woman cannot Pastor or lead a church They need to get with God and Christ first Before making this decision Because leadership does not come With an agenda Leadership comes with the power And the anointing of God Because if Jezebel can cause a prophet to jump up and run after performing America from God, how much more we got women out there without the spirit of Jezebel, but the spirit of God that had the leadership in Jezebel that made a man jump up and run, how much more God can use her to go preach the first gospel of the kingdom of the power of God. And furthermore, in Numbers, oh, you're about to listen to this here. I'm going to give it to you like it was given to me. In Numbers 22, verse 28, in the American Standard Version Bible, it's called the ASV Bible. I'm saying this because I'm about to say something that you're going to think I'm blasphemy. So watch what it says. In verse 28, in the book of Numbers, in the American Standard Version Bible, verse, chapter 22, verse 28, and Jehovah, who is God, Jehovah Jari, who is God, Jehovah Nissim, who is God, Jehovah Rapha, who is God, hey, glory, open the mouth of the she-ass, oh, and Jehovah jehovah Nisi or Jehovah-Rapha opened the mouth of the she-ass donkey. Oh, and hold up, And jehovah Nisi and Jehovah-Rapha and Jehovah, Jehovah, uh, Jehovah opened the mouth of the female donkey. And she said to Balaam, what have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me? Man, why you slap me three times? Huh? Why have you smitten me three times in the American Standard Version Bible? So we witness in scriptures where God uses she as, let me see, or oh, we witness in scriptures where God uses she as donkey, hold up, let me see this again. So we witness in scriptures where God uses a female she as donkey to speak to a person. Balaam, who by the way was chosen by God to preach and prophesize to his people, but since he was acting like a he-ass or a she-ass, he was acting like a, sh- a he-ass, since Balaam was acting like a prophet-ass donkey, or since Balaam was acting like an ignorant ass or prophet-ass donkey, God used a she-ass donkey, or a female donkey, or a woman-ass donkey to speak to his prophet. Oh, I know I ain't going to have much listeners after this hymn. Hmm? How much more can he use a woman to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God through Christ? Hey, and his teaching? So now I probably won't have that many listeners after all that ass stuff. But I don't mind. But those who understand the maker standard, the American, the uh, American standard version Bible, when it was talking about a she and don't you know that I, there's many. People out there don't even know a donkey in the Bible spoke. And when they say donkey, they never tell you it was a she-ass donkey. They never tell you that it was a female-ass donkey. See, they ain't going to tell you that because they don't want you to know because that's the prophecy of God. So God restored the woman back to her place and her right for duty when he allowed for her. Hey, you can't touch me and cling to me. I got somewhere to go. I'm going back to my father, your father. I'm going back to my God and your God. But go and teach her and go and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God to the disciples by the way the ones I chose so they'll know so when you start preaching in Jerusalem when you start preaching in Judea they won't say you need to take that scarf off and stop preaching because you as a woman supposed to sit down and let a man and let a man preach see when Paul said that let me clarify that he said I permit for a woman he was locked up in jail so how you gonna do anything Joker he said I permit writing through Timothy give Timothy the letter to say that see he wasn't bold enough to say it when he was out, so he used Timothy to say it. I permit that a woman should sit down in church, because I guess they was arguing and confronting the men about what should and should have not been, because a woman had the spirit of prophecy, as the spirit of Jesus had the spirit of prophecy of Christ, just like a woman had the spirit of prophecy of Christ, wrapped from the grave, from the start, from the beginning, and God anointed her through the spirit of Christ to go preach. See, it's nothing like being anointed by God and Christ himself. And Mary Magdalene was the first woman, hey, glory, to go preach the gospel. Now, without further ado, I got that out the way. I know some of y'all are not going to like what I said about the she-ass, but it was a she-ass dealing with a jackass prophet. Now you got it from me. Amen. Now let's move forward. Now, on the first day of the week, early in the morning, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. It was empty. Then Peter and John ran to the tomb, and they saw the linen clothes and Christ's handkerchief, Allah, are all folded up separately. This indicate that someone was here and some, something happened. But prior to this taking place in the tomb, something else miraculous happened in the tomb. Remember in John 14, 1 through 6, Christ had promised Jesus that he was going to prepare a place for him and he would come back again and receive him to himself, to himself. And then while Christ was on the cross in the body of Jesus being as the Lamb of God, Christ left the body of Jesus on the cross as the Lamb of God. When Jesus cried out with a loud voice in Matthew 27, 46, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This was when Christ left the body of Jesus by himself on the cross as the Lamb of God. Why? Christ did. Why did Christ do this? First of all, Scripture teaches us that Christ shall abide forever, and it couldn't and it couldn't die on the cross. The spirit of Christ and the body of Christ couldn't die on the cross because Christ abides forever. And second of all, Christ had to remind Jesus. That I promise you, I would go and prepare a place for you. And where I go, you know, and where I, where I'm at, the place I go, you know. And he says, I promise you, I come again for you. Huh? So Christ is in the tomb and preparing a place for the body and the water and the blood of Jesus. Now, something again, miraculous happened on the cross in the body of Jesus as the Lamb of God while Christ was in the tomb preparing the place. Him in the Christ was in the tomb preparing the place. So while Christ was in the new tomb preparing the place, God wanted us to understand while Christ was on the cross, he was preparing a place for the body of Christ and the water and the blood of Christ, okay? Because the life of the flesh in Leviticus seventeen eleven, is in the blood and Christ needed the blood of Jesus as an atonement to put on the altar. And the atonement that Christ needed was for the life of the soul. So now, man, this stuff is heavy. As long as the spirit and the flesh and the bones, huh, and the bones of Christ was in the body of Jesus, Jesus could have lived forever on the cross. Why? Because the spirit and the flesh and the body and the blood and the bones of Christ abides forever. Come on. Now let us see what was the next miraculous thing happened while Jesus was on the cross. As the Lamb of God, while Christ was in the tomb preparing the place like he promised Jesus in Luke 23, 46, and Luke 23, 46, and Jesus as the Lamb of God cried out with a loud voice and said, Father, Into your hands, I commit my spirit unto you. Come on. Look what he says. Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit unto you. And he breathed his last. Watch this here. This is heavy. Because now we got to go to Jeremiah. Okay. When you go to Jeremiah, chapter 18, verse 1 through 6, it says, And the word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Ari and go down to the potter house and there I will cause you to hear my words so now the word of God is going to show Jeremiah what's about to take place and, the, and then I went Jeremiah said I went down to the potter house and there he was who God there God was making something at the wheel So God is making something at the wheel and he's using his word to talk to Jeremiah and the vessel in, and this is the power in Jeremiah 18, four and the vessel that he made of clay hold up. So now we got Jesus on the cross as clay. Now we got the word of God on the cross as clay. Glory was marred in the hands of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make. Hold up. In Luke 23, 46, and he said, The Lamb of God cried out with a loud voice, and he says, Father, into your hands, this vessel, this clay, I commit my spirit back unto you. So God is doing something miraculously when when Jesus committed his spirit back to God. So God has the clay that is more In his hands and glory, huh? And he's taking the same vessel and making it again another, the same vessel, again another, as the Lord claimed. And he's making it again another, as he sees fit full of power so my brothers when Jesus committed his spirit back to God's hand it was a picture of the prophecy of Jeremiah when the word of God and God as the potter see the potter was the house was the head was God of the house but the potter house was the house of God so God brought Jeremiah in the temple of his house or the temple of his tabernacle or the temple of his tent. And he showed Jeremiah what he was going to do 2,000 years later on the cross. So he committed what was marked back to God. So, God has to take the same vessel that's going to come through the six inch doors that was shut. Hey, <laughs> glory. And the body of Jesus and the body of Christ and the blood of Jesus and the blood of Christ as one body so that he can reconcile us back to God as another vessel, the same vessel. Hey, I thank you, Father for making the same vessel again another out of me and have given me eternal life out of the same mud vessel, come on. Man, come on, I'ma kill, i I'm am I'ma, i I'm am I'ma close this cause I got all pumped up around her. Man, I just can't get through all this here. My brothers and sisters, he took the same vessel that was marred in the hands of the pot, and he committed it back to God. The same vessel uh, that came through the six-inch doors that were shut. Remember, that vessel was marred. I'm going to stop right here because I want you to just get what I gave you. And this is Pastor D coming to your life from out of Atlanta, Georgia. My brothers and sisters, this is so powerful, and I'm loving what God is doing. So now we're going to continue where we left off because we want God to understand what we are doing. God is blessing us in such a way where if we understand the power and the anointing of God, we're going to realize that God is actually doing some miraculous things in the Spirit. So without further ado, You know what? The spirit told me just keep on going for a couple of more minutes. So now, God has took the same vessel and made it again another. After Jesus committed his spirit back to him. So let's rehab this event again. Jesus was on the cross as the Lamb of God without the spirit. The body, the bone, and the, body, the blood of Christ, because Christ is in the tomb preparing the place as he promised Jesus in John 14, 1 through 6. Now, Jesus, as the Lamb of God, is on the cross, and he just committed his spirit back to God. Why? And what happened when this took place? Jesus, when he committed his spirit back to God, this was the Holy Spirit that God made. The Word become flesh in John 1.14, that Mary was conceived by. And Jesus, as the Lamb of God, had to commit his spirit back to God or to the Father because the Word, as the Holy Spirit, abides forever just like the spirit of christ in first peter the word of god endures and lives and abides forever now since we see and know that what happened when Je- when jesus committed the holy spirit that lives and abides forever back to god and now we know why he had this had to happen because the Holy Spirit, which lives and abides forever, has reconnected with Christ in the new tomb. You hear me? Who also live and abide forever. Now, Christ and the Holy Spirit in the new tomb is waiting on the water and the blood and the body of Jesus as the Lamb of God. Another miraculous event occurred on the cross after the Spirit of Christ and the Holy Spirit as the Word that has become flesh left the body of Jesus. Now we only have the Lamb of God as the body of Jesus on the cross with no life left in it. So when the Roman soldiers saw this, In John 19, 33, 34, this would happen. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. They didn't say when he came to Christ. They said, but when when they came to Jesus and they saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Why? Because someone had to ask, can these dry bones live? So Christ, Jesus on the cross, hmm? In the body. And someone has to ask, can these can these dry bones live? So they didn't break his leg. Because you don't want to ask a broken leg if it can live, if it's broken. So they didn't break his leg. Hey, like he asked the prophet. Ezekiel in verse in chapter 37, can these dry bones live? can prophesied to these dry bones. So now they didn't break his legs, but when they came to Jesus and saw that he was on the cross, already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately Water and blood came gushing out. Hey, glory. But out of us, when one of the Roman soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately and effectively, water and blood, blood and water come gushing out. Come on. Now we clearly see. That Jesus came by water and blood. In 1 John chapter 5. In 1 John chapter 5 verse 5 and 6 says, Who is he? Uh Uh-oh. Let me say that again. 1 John chapter 5 verse 6 says, Who is she who overcomes the world? Take glory. But he or she who believed that Jesus is the son of God, come on. If you or I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and you don't know or understand how through the process he became the Son of God, you would only have a confession with your mouth of the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you shall be saved. But to go into the furtherance of salvation, to get into the eternal salvation of Christ. Now it is true that if you confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart, you would definitely be saved but saved from what that's the truth of the matter if you don't know what you saved from if you don't know what you're saved from out of how could you be saved from it and if you don't know what you are saved from you only have a confession in your heart but you don't have the belief in your heart that God promised you eternal life and living forever and not dying, huh? It's not rooted deeply in your heart because you don't have the knowledge of the power of Christ's resurrection and the knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of God and the glory and the life of God, but he or she who believe that Jesus is the son of God and understand and know that and, and know and have the knowledge and comprehend the process of how it become, how he became the son of God, receives eternal life, or the gift of God, which is eternal life. Because he become back. He'll be coming back to being the son of God. He was the son of man. Because before he became the son of God, he was the son of man. But why? Because he was conceived by a woman who is married that is in the flesh. So this is what makes him, Jesus, the son of man before he became the son of God. Now, my brothers and sisters, this is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not just by water, only but by water and blood and it is the spirit that bears witness of the water and the blood because the spirit is true that bear witness of the water and blood this is powerful and we're going to stop right there and we're going to pick up because i don't want to go past where i need to be at because i don't want to be too lengthy lengthy i want you to take these messages and listen to them at one one, one, one message at a time I When I first started out I had it like an hour and 15 minutes But I don't want to do it, I'm at an hour right now So I want to stop, this is Pastor D. Washington Coming to you live from out of Atlanta Georgia. I said that earlier but this time I mean it, we want to thank God And when you come to the Spirit Cuts Ministry, we just want to ask you to continue To pray and ask God to continue To bless us with the words of eternal life We're going to pick up right where we left off In the next episode which is episode Nine I think, huh? episode 9 Series 2, but I want you to know that God loves you. And if you want to reach out to us, you can reach us at 678-764-1614 or you can reach us at P-A-S-T-O-R-D-W at Yahoo.com P-A-S-T-O-R-D-W at Yahoo.com It's a book online. On, uh, you can go to Amazon.com You can go to Barnes & Noble and you can go to Books to Millions and I tell you right now, my brothers and sisters order that book because it's coincide what we are teaching and even going in depth in what we are teaching what it coincides with. So this is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live. Hit us up on our hotline at 678-764-1614 or hit us up at P-A-S-T-O-R-D-W at yahoo.com. This is Pastor D. Washington coming from out of Spiritual Culture Ministry, coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia, and through the promise of our father podcast. Continue to pray for us and we'll continue to pray for you. And may God bless you and your family forever. Amen.